Mark Wright. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. 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 This is BPMF, and you're listening to Base Agenda. agenda this month we've got two halves for you first half we've got an innovative talented and very versatile artist bpmf aka jason shostek from the usa his name may ring a bell with you from episode 153 where i interviewed john selway jason runs serotonin records with john selway but he's also uh, an artist in his own right live act dj been in the game a long while and we're going to be covering everything from beautiful, surreal music to twisted techno and a few more things in between. You're going to hear Jason speaking about his career throughout the show. And very shortly, he's going to explain what BPMF stands for and is all about. So that, that comes from... Um uh, Doug Wimbish and, and Skip McDonald from Tackett Sound System. Th- they're from my neighborhood back in Connecticut. Through a mutual friend, they were looking for someone to help do demos when they were back home because they spent most of their time in New York. 
So Skip McDonald came to the basement, and uh, I was working on the S900, and he would uh, lay a lick down, and I would sample, I would sample him. And then I heard later, when I, when I talked to Doug Wimbish about it, Doug said that he asked Skip what he thought of me, you know, my skills in the studio. And he said, man, that is one button-pushing motherfucker. And I'm like, that's pretty, that's pretty high, high praise. I think I'll take, you know, these are the people who work with uh, Keith LeBlanc and uh, Adrian Sherwood. I think I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that. with the show this week welcome back Umek, aka zeta reticular go back to the archive and check episode 142 if you want to check out the interview with him this week he's in guest mix mode set recorded live in barcelona earlier this month an absolute storming set of high energy heavy electro for you coming up in part two as always the full show and track list will be available on uh, soundcloud.com slash agenda and on itunes as well sometime over the weekend proud of that track um you know bubble has a funny story when when john and i started synapse i thought we were going to be more like um lennon and McCart- uh, mccartney in, in that uh he'd do some stuff and we'd do some stuff and then if we recorded it together we'd call it synapse and and then there was this day that the this sunday where i had been playing with prototype 909 and i and I was really tired. I just got back to the house, and it was the first day that John and I could get back together recording in, in over a week, and so we were really anxious to do stuff, but I was exhausted. And um, we started working on bub- Bubble, but it was mostly him. And by the time by the time he had finished it, I, I made a couple suggestions, but then I fell asleep. And he finished the track without me. And I was... I was floored. I was so angry because it was such an awesome track, and and he, you know, and it's his track. Um, it's a synapse track. I you know, I, I kind of co-produced it. It was done at my studio, but uh, so so after he left, and I had had my nap, I had everything up, all, all the sounds that that he was working on, all the music he had made, and I just started playing with it, 
and I came up with this remix which is basically some of the same sounds just re rearranged a different tempo and it was totally different mood more more abstract more um, more ambient and and it's a great synth abstract and it's a, a classic we're going to play it live this weekend our live show uh, you know it's it's an important part of synapse but uh, my remix I feel is like a reinterpretation of it that that takes it to a different a different place top of the show bpmf is known for making a diverse range of sounds gonna pick up the pace a little bit now with this next one something new coming out very soon on uh, perfect location records a track called sunrise on venus while this one plays out he's going to be telling you a little bit about how he got into music in the first place what's happening party people this is esteban adame and you're listening to my homies on bass agenda Uh, um, Tchaikovsky 1812 Overture for me and I think I was like four years old and cannon, cannons went off and that kind of woke me up yeah. and uh, so my, my, my father was, was really into classical music and, and that was always in, in the house and I was fortunate to be the youngest of a uh, family of four so I had everything that my brothers and sisters were into and it was the 70s and you know, so there was pop music and there was uh, 60s British invasion stuff, and um, I think some of the f the fun for me be becoming a teenager in the 80s was I, I finally got a chance to discover my own music because by then I'd been so inundated between my parents and my siblings 
with uh, their styles that that and and they seemed to immediately reject everything new wave it was like an aberration to them so it was like the classic uh i get to define myself i get to become myself and it was all synth synth music and um that that picked my my ears up that's for sure to 14 was uh, was into rock and roll I was into classical music so I got myself a classical guitar and I did, did what I could with it um, but then I, I found buying synthesizers and drum machines was uh, taking up my time and energy and I you know, over t- you know once in a, once in a while I threw in some things I, I, I did some things uh, uh, I did I did a kind of am- ambient album in um, the early 2000s where I, I threw in some bass and some some guitar sounds, but they're always very um, super ambientized and, and super processed. It's kind of kind of fun, you know. I, I'm, I've always been about live performance, whether it's uh, synthesizer, or drum machine, or, or guitar or anything. So, th- so it kind of it, it's all one universe for me. There is is that anything I can put my fingers on and make an immediate impact with from my idea my idea to the sound, and then that's what I gravitate toward.
Is um, is this band uh, we we put together in the in the early '90s? Is really kind of why I moved to New York and what we were all about. And we were um, a three-person live acid show. We did dozens and dozens of shows in, in New York. Uh, I mean, in America, Canada, Mexico. We went to Europe a few times, but we were much better known in, in America. And um, we we had some we had three albums and uh, we we had some leftover materials and I went back through some of the unreleased tracks a couple of years ago and some of them are better than what we actually released and I'm, I'm like Bobo's one of my favorites because it's like I I wouldn't I wouldn't have personally or any, or any of the three of us or anybody I know would have made a track like that it takes uh, three three weirdos coming together to do that. The four on the floor that I do um, reminds me a lot of what I've learned uh, from Prototype 909 because Prototype 909 was a great opportunity for me to get very experimental in synth sounds and synth patterns because um, we had this division of labor where Dietrich was like focused on the mixing and the producing and, and um, some of the, the sample sounds and and Taylor was was responsible for the rhythms and, and my, my job was to make weird synth noises on top of it. And we kind of experimentally learned what didn't what didn't work in a track and what what you could do in techno with weird weird noises and I'm I'm still trying to do that but by myself. Thank you. 
Total madness, that track. Love it. Coming up now, we're going to calm things down a little bit. Beautiful track under the name Shostek, Born Again Human, live at Liquid Sky Cologne. on it when I got back. I, I did uh, some editing, but um, that is mostly what I what I had prepared. And, uh, so I'd have sequences already programmed, um, bass lines and, and some chord progressions and stuff, and, and the, the live aspect is is uh, throwing it all together. And um, and I, I think there's, yeah, there's some lead sounds that they're kind of subtle that I, I would throw in. The keyboard is, is already playing uh, some chords, and, and I'm adding some things to it. Um, but that's yeah, that's been my process for for a long time. It's like these these prepared these prepared sequences, like hundreds of them, more than I w- could ever possibly need in a performance. And 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 then the performance is about knowing them, choosing them, when when to throw them in, what to put on, t- and and experimenting with what two th- things go together well. And uh, and uh, I, that's st- still what I'm doing. It's it's um, there's. Drum machines, you know, like the TR8, which are easier to program on the fly, that that will be a great opportunity for me to just make something up right in front of you. Or I've got the BeatStep Pro. I do a lot of uh, live sequencing, but it's also sequencing is a lot of uh, switching between prepared sequences. But you know, I I transpose them, I I, I switch between them in mid sequence and things to to come up with something that I had thought of but is now reinterpreted. So I'm kinda it's kinda like I'm always remixing myself, you know, so like I'm prepare I'm preparing to make a track and then I'm going back and just destroying it and putting it back together again.
I get ideas when I'm when I'm not in the studio. I get ideas, but I, they're just they're just random. I, I can't really pinpoint how they creep into my consciousness. Whether it, it it's it could be a little bit of something I heard in a pop song on a radio, or it could be a conversation I had. Some sometimes I have very you know just abstract ideas about something I'm trying to represent, and the music doesn't even you 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 can't even explain that. It's it's just. Uh, getting into the inner workings of my creative mind, man, that's, uh, that's some scary stuff. Uh, but, but, but basically, then when I get to the studio, um, if I start with some kind of uh, funky beat, then, then I'm going to be going for something. I'm, I'm like, you know, every, everything's got to be timed out. And, and then I start experimenting with the music, and the stuff comes from my subconscious and musically comes out. And um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain. Um, Often when I listen to other people's music, it gives me ideas of what I of, w- of what not to do. The envy comes in where where I hear something of a different genre I'm working in, from what I'm working in that sounds awesome. I, I want to incorporate that somehow, and I have tons of respect for a lot of what other people are doing right now. But it, it's interesting how it, they don't really influence me directly. You know, they kind of. They more influence me indirectly. It's like, oh, somebody's doing that. I need to do this to kind of bring bring balance to the world, so to speak. Breakbeat from the rave scene was was the original impetus for me. I had only heard like some a little bit of Chicago house. I hadn't heard any Detroit techno, um, maybe a few acid tracks. But th- when the breaks came over, um, and of course I was all about sampling. I was sampling um, hi- uh, local hip hop artists in, uh, during the day, and uh, then I would s- was speeding them up um, when they left, and, and trying to copy like Asa and and you know enjoy and. I had a good friend, um, Frank Heiss, who, who was um, a part of the Liquid Sky Collective with me, and, and he recently died. I, I kind of imagine this track as, as, a, as what would we have done together if we had, wor- if we had managed to, to work together on, on, on actually recording. We, we played live uh, together a couple times, but we never actually recorded anything. And um, he, was just a, he was just a breaks master. And I'm like, I haven't done that in years. And, and it's fun, and it's fun, and it's a good way to remember him. 
and his name Heist is uh, is hot, and um, his music was just too hot for us, man. Synergy and you're listening to Base Agenda. Time to listen to a couple of tracks that influenced and inspired uh, BPMF to start making music back in the day. Some great stuff from the 80s. Kicking off with Thomas Dolby with Europa and the Pirate Twins. Well... 
1982, uh, listening to the radio in, in New England, it just, it stuck out of the speakers. It like jumped at me and like grabbed me by the throat. It's like nothing else sounded like that. And it, and it had, it had energy in it. And uh, energy in a way that only something electronic could. And it, you know, it's like, you know, punk had energy, but it was still rock and roll. It, it was still guitars. It, it was, and it, it wasn't like overtly dance music per se, but it, it had rhythm and, and pulsating energy that only electronics could produce. And and I'm like, wow, this is the future. This is a new, this is like a whole new world of music. And and of course, there was a lot of things going on in electronic music uh, before Thomas Dolby, but but in a, he put it in this pop, pop sensibility, this pop package that got it played on the radio. And, and um, you know, there's there's some kind of validation in that. It's like I'm not the only one who thinks that this is super cool. There's actually an entire generation my age that is looking for something totally different. And uh, uh, th- no- nothing sounded like Golden Age of Wireless in, in, in pop music at that time. Um, it was, it was, uh, I think, incredibly in- inspirational. Um, we didn't really have a, we didn't have a dance music scene. We, you know, were kind of more puritanical in America in that way. And and, and, and so our, our introduction was more on the pop level and then people who, who were interested could dig a little deeper and then and we but we did have college radio thank God for college radio because that's when I got to hear the normal and, and you know just under more underground things all the mute records and uh, you know bad gadget and stuff like that
it's um it, it's just so brilliantly brilliantly structured and in knowing as I learned not too long after hearing it how how it had to be engineered I mean it, it's pre MIDI so these these are analog sequencers that had to get resunk to multi-track and and then put into loops uh, you know just two years later the whole thing could have been done so much easier it could have been all done in the computer uh, sequenced from beginning to end but instead it was like a, a labor of love and and all of the ideas were, were had to be pretty well plotted out before they were they hit tape I, I think in both cases that they're they're very well thought out tracks and and um, <laughs> I think it's kind of ironic that the, that's not really the way I went um, it really inspired me what could be done with the tech with the technology and a lot of hard work and concentration and uh, it's it's also groovy as hell uh, it's uh, it's sexy it's danceable it's uh, you know that period in in 81 82 83 is, is just kind of the fulcrum of everything from it they they really were so far ahead of their time in ways that all of this that I was involved in it is not anywhere near as forward-thinking because it's it's built on you know it's on, on the shoulders of you know, really really uh, adventurous experimental people
the word button has many, many meanings. Um, there, there was a girl at the time, her nickname was Button. I think, I think she inspired it. My name, BPMF, is Button Pushing Motherfucker. And I was actually coming down from a mescaline trip, which comes from peyote buttons. They call them, they call them buttons. Yeah, and then it's called the Button EP, and the track is called Button. It's just tons of buttons everywhere. Which is heaven for me, you know, if I, if I go to heaven, there will be buttons everywhere. I honestly, I've heard so much music, I don't, I've heard nothing else quite like it. It, it, um, it, it really come, it really comes from left field, and, and, and a lot of, um, the musicians who I admire, if, if they've heard anything about me, they've, they've, they may have heard that track, because it, it really sticks out. A lot of the things I was doing at the time, I was, I was trying to get in with the flow, but, um, that is just, that track is just pure, um, left field inspiration, and, um, and I, I kind of—it's the track that I, I kind of hold up against everything I do. I've done since, you know, and and I think I've I've done pretty well uh, production-wise and going in. And I've got different gear and better gear, and and things are, are more interesting. But but as a as a piece that flows musically, um, it and and it was live. It was just completely live. Um, you know, it had it had some sequences. Uh, set up, but how how I did it and how I threw it together, and and that's what those are the tracks I really love. Is is, is I, I listen to them and they flow, they they tell a story, um, and and it sounds it sounds like I'm so much smarter than I really am because it, it it's basically what I'm trying to do is capture some subconscious thing, and and letting it speak and um, you know just setting up an environment where it, it can tell a story. We're going to hear a couple of tracks that have impressed BPMF recently. First one up, great record on the Craft Jerks label, track called Undertow by Remora. was like um, sentimental and, and romantic about uh, about some earlier like Detroit musical like but but it was new it was also new and fresh anything that sounds like that is like I don't know that gets my juices going it's like it, it's like I, I don't mind revisiting great ideas from the past and what what I mind is if the past was like yesterday or a week ago if the if the past that you're revisiting is like 20 years ago and, and you, you've got like the time to let it sink in and, and, and grow into something and then now you're now you're going at the essence of something cool and and I, I think this track is like really like the essence of like the cool elements uh, that tracks from from like you are or like from Detroit um, we're, we're like hinting at we're like we're getting to you know I listen to those records and I feel like they they don't like the progressive like style of like you know really making um, a music into a symphony. So they they don't lay around all the ideas. So all of these great um, underground tracks are pregnant with like really cool ideas that are aren't 
actually there. They're like under the surface, and 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 you, and you hear that, and it gives your your mind like the ability to to fill in the gaps, so to speak. And and then you come along 20 years later, and you go ahead and you fill in the gaps. And and that's what that's what the Ramona track sounds to me. It's like, uh, yeah, let's take this to the next level. Let's you might as well. It's another decade. Juno Laser Machine. This is the EOism remix. It's the last track for part one of the show. After this, we're going to be taking the safety off with an explosive hour of electro from UMEC. Hold tight for that. remixes that take it to a different place and and this one really and 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 listening to the original it it, it mines some of the ideas deeper and um and it, it's funky as hell no doubt um I, I i played it i played it in a couple couple mixes i was putting together it, it fits right in it was it was kind of hard to pick one quite honestly because they were all all so good but um yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing release. I mean, all all of the mixes are like uh, just <laughs> all over the place. It's like it's an album, basically.
I think we're in the greatest times of all. And I, and I think uh, a lot of the negativity around it, um, around the way things are shake, shaking down, uh, comes from people who needed to take a rest. If I had tried to stay in it all this time till now, I would have been gone. I would have been gone already because uh, it, it. We went through some really barren, barren uh, times where everything was so repetitive and so predictable and uh, and so and so annoying. And the attempts at at commercial success that o- for almost everyone never really panned out, and it left behind this just you know loads of wasted opportunities of like crappy tracks that could have been so much better. Um, now, now I kind of feel like um, the younger, the youngest of the younger generations coming up are, are into it for all for all the right reasons. the the expect The expectations are properly low. Um, you know, they just want to get out there and play for people. They just want to get people to dance. Um, if, if that's the attitude, then good music's going to come out of that. Like, it's a it's a pendulum. There was a time when. People believed that they could become, you know, superstars making underground music, and and once you once you realize that's not going to happen, um, then you check yourself, uh, look at yourself in the mirror, and say, well, what am I about? Why, why am I doing this? And and I just feel like the the kids coming up today um, don't have that expectation, aren't looking for that, don't care about that, and and um, you know, whenever I Philly, Philly too, but we but, but on a smaller level. But whenever I go to New York, I'm just like, if the kids are, if the crowd is like 18 to 24 or so, they want it hard, they want it fast, they want it noisy, they want everything that that's underground and and anything anything that sounds that like it played it safe, that sounds you know cookie cutter, uh, you know they stop dancing, they wander off, go have a cigarette or something. It's 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 they want. They want it on 11, and um, that energizes me. You know, I'm 50 years old now. I I'm expecting unexpected things, and and I'm always getting them. So that I, I think it's I think it's great. I'm I'm totally positive about it. Hi again. If you're hearing this, you're obviously listening to the SoundCloud or the iTunes podcast version of the show. And uh, every now and again, I get a bit of interview left over that I can't squeeze into the main show, not because it's no good, just because uh, we don't get to balance the music and the talking if everything gets included. But what I thought I'd do, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, not necessarily music ones, and sometimes they tack on a little bit extra, a bit of bonus material. So what I've done here, I've just taken the extra few bits from uh, Jason's interview, put them together, sandwiched between part one and New Mix Storming Mix. Hope you enjoy it. Bear amount of this section is going to be focusing on Serotonium Records, the label that uh, Jason runs with John Selway. So I'm going to be playing some Synapse tracks in the background. Recommend you check out their entire discography. First thing Jason's going to tell you about in this little bonus section is how he and John met.
Well, I mean, he was well known by being half a disintegrator on industrial strength, and uh, I was known as part of this prototype 909 outfit. And um, he got a job at um, Satellite Records, the record store, and uh, I worked for the same people, who the satellite productions that did raves and um, had the magazine, Net Magazine. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I met him at the record store, and, you know, John is like an encyclopedia about music, and um, we got talking and had a lot of the... A uh, lot of similar taste, similar background in, um, in, in what had inspired us, and which which was shocking to me. You know, industrial strength, IST, uh, disintegrator, um, spy versus spy. I thought I, I thought he was going to be like some hardcore Lenny D kind of uh, in, in your face Brooklyn techno kind of guy. But and and then I later learned actually that all of those guys had had deep roots in electronic and dance music, also. Uh, that's just the sound that they fell into in the early 90s in Brooklyn. That was the thing to do. But by but by 94, when I met John, uh, we were ready to try some other things. In our relationship, I've kind of been the more... Well, when I'm on, I'm the one with the energy and the motivation. And, and I, get him, I get him going. I know how to push his buttons, you know. Being a button-pushing motherfucker, I know how to get, get, get him going. Which is, which, and, and you know, once you let let him go, I mean, he can do it. He can do anything. I've had a lot of musical relationships over the years, and and it's about chemistry. It's about keeping each other keeping each other going. And um, I'm, it's just a remarkable period the last few years of my life that I've been uh, relatively musically independent and um, self motivated. But most of the time, most of my creative periods, if it wasn't if it wasn't for other people like pushing me or poking me, I'd, I'd probably just sleep until 12. Right?
when I got back into things I, um, recently, I was feeling techno again. You know, John and I started Serotonin uh, 94, 95 because I was starting to feel that techno was getting kind of boring. A- and um, we built up a label that I'm proud to say that by 2000, I could no longer produce music that was good enough for my own label. As far as I was concerned, uh, Serotonin had a sound that I loved. And we were we were curating it together, and I loved everything Synapse was doing, but I didn't really I didn't really feel like BPMF was actually in the headspace of what Serotonin was trying to pr- represent, and and I, w- I was always on the left, the far left of everything we were doing anyway, and then I kind of um, the last few things I did after after I left New York were, were more like an ambient experimental kinds of things, but uh, when I started getting back into beats a few years ago. I was feeling techno again. I was uh, just ignoring the fact that there's a lot of garbage techno out there because I wasn't involved in any scene per se and I wasn't really going out. But um, but putting the machines back together and having that rest, it got me back to you know what I was originally into. And, and it was quite a break, raising two kids and taking time off. Came back to it with a new energy. But but it's a similar approach when I'm, I'm going to Electro also. And... Um, I, th- I think electro for me is is a certain is a different kind of pressure because I go into it with um, a pretty clear idea of what I'm trying to accomplish, and I'm also not using computers, so I'm trying to do it live, but I'm also trying to do a very specific thing. Whereas my my techno improvisations are kind of very freeform, like whatever happens happens. If you listen to my electro, you might hear more melodic structure, more musical structure, because that's where I hang the flow of the track on, is, is that it, it's representing something, a, a musical idea. And for me, electro is always m- more, way, it's just naturally more musical, funky bass lines, chords, melodies, it's just always more musical for me.
John and I doing Synapse Live is uh, a lot of preparation because there are some things that we really want to represent. And uh, we've been invited to, to come to London in, in November. And uh, we actually got a gig this weekend here in, here in Philly, and that will be the first time we're playing live in 20 years. And we, we used to play a lot. We used to play live in the, in the 90s in New York, um, in Philly. In, we went to Moscow. We, we played uh, uh, Munich. Um, but, you know, uh, I think maybe a total of a dozen, dozen shows. And now we have a totally different um, uh, set of gear and um, much better gear. And uh, we can do a kind of hybrid of, of sequences of, of tracks. It, it's all based on like um, eight or nine tracks of ours, but they're going to be reinterpreted, remixed for you, and reinterpreted live, and, and that's really exciting. We re- we recently released this um, 12-inch that is like four of the best Synapse tracks, in, in my opinion, uh, re- remastered and, and re-released. So we. We don't have any new synapse in the pipeline, but we're gonna probably probably something will fall out of the the live um, uh, preparations. You know, they're always coming up with new ideas there. And then uh, BPMF just keeps playing uh, live. I've got got a gig in New York and another one in Philly. And um, I, I did two 100% uh, electro live sets, which was the first time I'd done that. In a, while, in a while, because like I said, when I came back, I was feeling techno. And, and now I'm going to try to do um, a kind of electro-techno hybrid thing, uh, going in and out of it. And At least at least here in Philly, I've kind of trained the people here to uh, not know exactly what to expect. One of the things about BPMFs, uh, it, it rep- the one name represents quite a lot of styles. And over the years, I'm trying to reintroduce you know, them to all those flavors. Agenda. Lights. 
coming up in September we got Heidi Sabretooth who's uh, really been making waves in, in um, New York and she's got actually a Craft Jerks record coming out and uh, we got our old friends uh, soma- uh, Somatic Responses from Wales and uh, we got another Selway track and me and, and that makes another compilation and we should be going into cutting that pretty soon but uh, it's summertime so probably come out in September yeah, the, mo- the the money flow is is, is a problem. And that, uh, if, if we were doing it for the money, we'd be gone a long time ago. Excuse me, isn't it? Thank you. 
Hi, this is Umek, Akazeta Reticula, and you are listening to Base Agenda.
this is Jensen Interceptor and you're listening to Base Agenda. Observing. Detected humans. 
set from Umek, thanks to him coming back on Bass Agenda. Thanks to Jason Sostek, aka BPMF, for taking part in the show. Wish him all the luck in the world going forward, and the same to his partner in crime. At Serotonin Records, John Selway, look out for those guys coming over to the UK later in the year. As always, the show's up for download some point over the weekend with the uh, full track list at soundcloud.com slash bassagenda also on the iTunes feed as well I'll be back next month thank you for listening have yourselves a great weekend spread the word and take care cheers